Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All righty, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for uh, spending some of your morning into the afternoon with us. BMW Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. Uh, David Eichel, 24-7 sports, HawkeyeInsider.com. He is up first. He'll recap uh, the Kirk Ferentz, Gary Barta press conferences from yesterday with us. Maybe take a look ahead uh, to this weekend's action uh, on the hardwood. So David Eichel... Stops in at 11.30. Kevin Lehman on Big Four Hoops. And I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time on what we saw last night at the Knapp Center. What a game. We'll get into that in a second between you and I and Drake. And then Dave Sproul, uh, Matt Campbell, Nate Schilhaus press conference yesterday. Basketball programs had a press conference this morning. Dave was in attendance for all. And he will join us at 12.30. Uh, some Iowa State news uh, coming up here uh, before we get out of here at 1 o'clock. Trends plays of the day before we go. How are you this morning? Busy. You're dressed like a million bucks. You're impeccably dressed. <laughs> well, yes. Working get- for the Marquee Network this afternoon? No, no, nothing like that. No, we're heading over to Coralville, getting ready to call the Girls State Wrestling Tournament. On TV? Uh, it'll be on the Iowa Girls High School Athletic Union website. Gotcha. As all the mats will be streaming over there, and I'll be taking over at 3 o'clock and running mats till about 10 o'clock Jeez, here tonight. Got a late night. Oh, absolutely. Back in the car and <laughs> hopefully back by midnight, and we do it all again Tomorrow. And you got to go back again tomorrow? No, not going back tomorrow. Had uh, had some family stuff around here. Had to help out with the kids tomorrow morning as the wife had a big meeting. So was going to stay over. Not going to be the case. So I will be back with you, though, bright and early. Well, for us at 11 o'clock. 11 to 1 tomorrow. Good stuff. A lot of ground to cover, obviously. The Nap Center was phenomenal yesterday. Um, the Orange Crush situation that reared his head <laughs> early in the evening hours, that certainly the narrative changed within an hour. Honestly, Trent, I, I thought if you're wondering, we're talking about the student section for Illinois. I guess they go to, uh, they try to get to one road game each and every year, and they were coming over here to Carver this weekend and had their, all their plans set to, to make their way over, only to have Iowa cancel their tickets. They put out a statement. It looked awful for the University of Iowa. I Honestly, this was the first thing that popped into my mind they're trying to change the subject <laughs> yes this yeah. is this is iowa it's a, it's a good attempt we see right through it uh-huh. we know what you're trying to do it's not going to work this time blah 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 <laughs> uh, and then they put out their own release and i mean if if a press release could ever drop a mic mm-hmm. that would be it because the university of iowa made it very clear the reason they canceled the tickets is they got that the tickets were obtained on fraudulent purposes mm-hmm. this wasn't for the boys and girls club of illinois nope this is where the student section. No, come on over, have fun. I, that that part, I, I, come on over. It's, it's part of I, I, going to school, right? Mm-hmm. Rooting for your team and following your team on the road. But the way they obtained the tickets and tried to paint it, uh, Iowa in a bad light. And look, folks, they're really good at doing that on their own. Yeah, they, don't they, they don't need any help. help. They don't need any help. <laughs> Trust me. They're really good at it and have been since I've been on the air 27 years. That shows you how long they've been doing this. <laughs> but... Um, Good for the University of Iowa, man. Yes. They just, uh, they provided a lot of clarity. Um, they're going to give the tickets away to a local boys and girls club, so the seats will be filled. I feel kind of bad for the students, that of the Illinois students that lose their $6,000 bus deposit. But you know what? You lied. 
It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And this hand-wringing and, oh, we had to cancel our buses. And we, If this is the worst thing that happens to the right. student organization, <laughs> right? you kids are in for a really, a really good Fine life, life exactly. It's now, for get many worse. of them, maybe it is. It's the first time that they have hit something <laughs> difficult in their lives, and they're not handling it very well. No. But then some of the ugliness that has come out, I mean, maybe people making some... Yeah, you're trying to, all right, come up with excuses, why it's this way. We do this all the time. Yeah, well, you know what? You were up, up until this point, you were, you were, you were able to get through, uh, away with your lies. Yep. You didn't this time. A wink and a nod, and everybody knows that we do this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You got caught. You got caught. Now, right. now somebody's looking into the charity aspect, whether it's a, what is it, a 502C, yeah. something like that. Um, whether they should qualify for, I'm guessing, the tax breaks that come along with a charity nonprofit. I don't know anything about it. Well, I, and I wouldn't say you're banned from the no, arena. they just said that uh, you, you can't have those tickets. You, you got it just because you got them fraudulently. Right. A discount price. It's very, very simple. And we're you still going to use them. We're just going to give yeah. them away to people into the Boys and Girls Club in our state. It if, was a great idea. Thank they you. Wa- they want to get in the building? They can. Now they're going to have to pay and they're going to have to buy them. And you may as well come over. You got a bus. <laughs> right. You're good. Right. The bus is already there. Right. You're going to be all right. Bought and paid for. So instead of getting tickets for 13 bucks or whatever, it would have been 30 bucks. And you won't all be together. You'll be scattered throughout the building. Well, now it's sold, it's sold out. sold out, right. And they're going to have to, yeah, find a way. Scalp, get in. Mm-hmm. Get, I mean, they can always buy tickets to any event. Yes. But you won't uh, be, you know, with the, with the rest of your student body anyways. So let's get to earlier in the afternoon. And, and David Eicholt was there, and he asked a really, couple of really good questions. Mm-hmm. So did Scott Dockerman. Uh, got very few answers. Trent, you know what? I was wrong. I'll admit that first and foremost. I thought that Brian would do the right thing and make it easy on his dad and, and walk away. Here's the bottom line when it comes when as i see it today as i see it today i mean google chris doyle and brian ferentz just put those four words in chris doyle brian ferentz see what comes up the nfl cannot hire this guy Mm -hmm. the nfl had well in particular the jacksonville jaguars had egg all over the shields face when when they tried to hire chris doyle and very quickly the blowback came and he was dismissed urban meyer who went up against chris doyle trained teams knew that they that this guy's pretty talented at what he does we want him in the pros um but it lasted two days brian ference is unhireable he Absolutely. cannot get a job in the nfl until this lawsuit goes away and then maybe afterward he might have you know there may be a period of time that he's unhireable but you you just you can't expect him the nfl to throw out the welcome mat he won't i mean roger cadell would put his foot down the press conference yesterday left me viscerally upset. I was I was angered. You know, and I think our listeners know, the respect I have for Kirk Ferentz as a person. I lost even more of that respect yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was outright lying. Yep. He was not being truthful to the fan base, nope. to the beat reporters, to people that know better. Yeah, and the data that he threw out there was quickly, very, very quickly. It was, um, you know, do a little deeper, go back a yes. few more years. Well, and yes, they are fifty-five and three uh-huh. over the last fifty-eight games uh-huh. when they scored twenty-four. The right. problem is that they've only attained that mark a little less than sixty percent of the time. That's a problem. When you're throwing out numbers from ten, fifteen, twenty years ago, college football has changed. Those numbers that you're throwing out there do not tell the whole story. On top of it. We were talking about scoring 29 points a game. 
How many of those points were because of, of defensive defense, scores? Right. How many of those were because yeah. of short fields? How many yeah. of those were because of elite special teams? Mm-hmm. It is all P.S. This is only about one Two thing. Two of the units are holding up their end of the bargain. One of them isn't, and that's Brian's. It's only about protecting your son. Mm-hmm. There is not, and any. I get that on, on one hand. I do. That's get why it. you can't hire him. I agree. I totally agree. If you can't, if you can't fire your son, you can't hire your son. And that's where I was six years ago. And uh-huh. people, oh, you're taking this too far. No, because we're at this exact mm-hmm. spot right You're proven right. You can't do this, mm-hmm. and this is where we are. Now, there's no big boy over there that will also do it, and Gary Barda. No. And he's throwing out things that make absolutely no mm-hmm. sense and talking in circles. And it's not a surprise coming from that buffoon over there. It's <laughs> Kirk Ferentz has created his own kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he can hire whoever he wants, which is fine. Football coaches do that. But not your own family. Right. And not just your son. It goes deeper than that. His son-in-law right. is also a part of that staff. Mm-hmm. There is This is a lot deeper than just a Brian Kirk thing. I get it's your firstborn. or something special there. Yeah. There's a bond. I get it. Yep. But here we are. There's nothing that you can look at over the last month and says, we're on the right path. We got this thing figured out. It is schematically not working. Brian, yes, taking Kirk's offense. I hear this all the time. It's, it's Kirk's offense. Nothing will ever change. Ken O'Keefe had good offenses. And his average offense was a lot better than this. Greg Davis, who was terrible, a lot better than this. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely cratered. And even if you say, in the last two years, young offensive line, make all the excuses that Kirk did yesterday. Yep. That's all well and good. The four years previous were not very good either. Here, here's the numbers in the high watermark of the tenure of Brian Ferentz. 88th in the country. How many that offense. year? Buck, buck 30? Uh, yeah, 129. Yeah. 129, okay. First year, 117th. Year two, 92nd. Year three, 99th. 2020, 88th. And then 124th and 130th the last two years. His best years are awful. (laughs) Statistically, his best years are terrible. They're a fireable offense on their own. Uh Can you imagine any NFL team having the second worst offense just in the NFL, 31st? And running it back again. And running it back. Mm -mm. And then doing it another time? Mm -hmm. It would never happen. It wouldn't happen at any other power conference in the country. Boy, there's a lot of pressure on Cade McNamara, isn't there? There is. Oh, my gosh. And it's not like Cade McNamara. We're not talking about. I get it. I'm with you. I totally agree. He's with a you. nice quarterback. Yes. He's accurate. He's a he, he's a big upgrade. Well, but <laughs> the bar wasn't set real high. The other aspect is the excuse making from Kirk, and that's where another. Yes, there's reasons. I get. There's always a reason, but it goes from reasons to excuses. You doubled down last year on yourself. Fine. You brought back the same quarterback that wasn't good enough. Anybody with an eye mm-hmm. could see he is not a Big Ten mm-hmm. quarterback. Not right. an elite level. And there Big wasn't one in the in, in the building that uh, could take his place. And, well, they they you know they punched around a little. Well, you got to do something. You knew your offensive line was going to be young. Who would they bring in? Nobody. Yeah. That's on you. Mm-hmm. Looking at your quarterback situation, your quarterback room, and not doing anything, that's on you. What did you, did you see Justin Britt's tweet yesterday, by the way, afterwards? So, so what's going on here? Because Kirk mentioned, yes, his football career is over? No, he didn't say that. He didn't say no, that. No, that was a tweet from Kennington. I, I listened to the podcast okay. with Chad and Kennington last night uh, from the Hawk Central radio show here on KXNO. And Kennington put out a tweet kind of lumping the two together. Kirk said David Koss' career was over yeah. and said Britt is finishing up his degree. Okay. He didn't say that his football career is gotcha. Over. So it was so just kind Smith of Smith took it that way. Yeah, it was just kind of a, a mischaracterization. Gotcha. They were lumped together. The tweet made it sound that way. 
that's kind of the way that it went out. So uh, Britt, yeah, basically said, well, that's news to me. Right. <laughs> because he doesn't believe. Now, will it be in Iowa? We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. But that aside, yeah, there was just so many of those moments where don't don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining, mm-hmm. Kirk. Th- this is bad. And I, I hate to be this way. This should be optimistic. You should be excited. Two offensive linemen, a wide receiver portal, an offensive line that is finally going to be veteran next year, mm-hmm. along with the additions, mm-hmm. and a competent quarterback. Upgraded quarterback. But schematically, it doesn't work. Well, <laughs> I'm with you. I I don't know what to say. I mean, the pressure's on Cade McNamara this year uh, to uh, to get his head coach and his offensive coordinator uh, try and turn the public opinion back in the other direction because, my God. Kirk loves to talk about wins. It's about winning and losing. In fact, that was one of his statements. Statistically, it's about winning and losing. Absolutely. When you look at this, he lost five times. Your previous, he lost four. But it's not just the losses. It is just... How much behind you are to getting to that next rung? They can't compete with Ohio State and Michigan right now. No. They're not even close. No. And the Big Ten West is not around anymore after this season. not after this year. It's going away. Yep. There is no more having to worry about Purdue and Wisconsin, Minnesota. Illinois looks like they've turned a corner. Now you're competing with everybody Everybody. just to get to that championship game with the addition of UCLA and USC. Right. 14 teams, only two are going to get there, and it's going to be the top two. Mm -hmm. That is going away. The evolution. It's about wins and losses. Absolutely it is. How much better would it be? How much easier would it be to win games if you had a good offense? If you had an average offense, it'd be a lot easier. He loves to talk about complimentary football. How complimentary is it? That, that offense was not complimentary no. to the defense this year, Trent. And it hasn't been. And it's too bad because this was an historical defense at the University of Iowa this And I year. think they're going to be very good again next mm-hmm. year. And it's going to be By wasted. the way, have you seen the, the buzz about Riley Moss at the senior? Yes. Oh, my God. Did, when he was at high school at Hankin, did you think, you know what, there's a surefire pro? No. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think he was going to play at Iowa. I didn't either. Maybe a safety. Now, honestly, it's because of the skin tone. I mean, how many of those guys that you saw? Yeah, he was a good track kid, but we've seen those guys. Yeah. And the same thing happened over there. And I saw a tweet. I think it was from uh, oh, Justin Reed. Uh, Reed is his last name for ESPN. Uh, one of their NFL draft guys. And he said the same thing. Everybody that was coming with the lazy take said, yeah, he's going to make a nice safety because the way he looks. Right, right. And then they see him actually out there in the field, and no, he's a cornerback. Yeah. He's cornerback and turning some heads over there. He is absolutely... And and running with these receivers stride for stride. One-on-one drills as a cornerback. Right. Not easy. No. I mean, you get to that point, There's usually the receiver's got one extra gear and he leaves you behind, but that's not the case with this kid so far. Good for him. Absolutely. Go follow your dream and make it. I mean, you've come this far. Yes. And fooled on by maybe not everybody. Maybe the family thought you could. Right. Uh, but boy, oh boy, uh, good to see. Let's go to Forest Avenue, shall we? Yes. What a game last night. My God, I was entertained. It was so good that there was you know, no Iowa State, no Iowa playing to, to interrupt. You could tune this, uh, turn it on at 8 o'clock. It was great. Tip right at 8 o'clock or 8.02, whatever it was. There was no game in front of it. Uh, Emmenecker was terrific on the, uh, on the call last night in the basketball game itself. Boy, oh boy, those two uh, Bowen, uh, Bowen Borns, I mean, for him to do it once and then to do it again and to send it uh, into double overtime, I saw your tweet. You're 100% right. I, I think everybody thought, foul him. Yes. Foul him before the shot. My God. And in a catch-and-shoot situation, yeah, that's a little more difficult. I mean, you don't want to shoot him as he's firing up the three. Mm-hmm. But the ball went back behind. Right, the other direction. Yeah, you, know, you had a perfect opportunity. Just grab him. Don't let him get a shot. Mm-hmm. And, 
did not do it was twice. Was that Enright that was on him at the yes. end? I think yeah. it was, yeah. At the end of regulation to let him dribble the length of the floor and get that shot uh-huh. off. Derek DeVries. I think it's time to go back to the drawing board and figure out what you're going to do up three late-game situations. I have always been a proponent of the foul. And last night, I mean, just cemented my idea. Mm-hmm. The right thing to do in that spot, and certainly in the time situations of both of those instances, absolutely. With a shooter like Bo- I mean, yes. my God. Trent, that was incredible. What theater last night, mm-hmm. right? I would hope I was hoping for a third one. Then it started to get away a little bit. Foul trouble mm-hmm. caught up with the Panthers. But here's the thing with you and I, and I know that their fan base, if there's, I don't know, there's a few of them listening this morning. They're disappointed in that. Look at your roster. Mm-hmm. These are all freshmen and sophomores. Right. For the most part, I think what Betts is junior. Mm-hmm. He might be the uh, uh, the gray hair on the floor. Um, Duax, Campbell, Anderson, Bourne's still a sophomore. These are all young guys. Wolf off the bench, freshman, fifteen out of him. What a game he played last night. Panthers, it stings today, but your squad's going to be around for a while. Need to get help inside, but big the, time, big but time. The future is yes, bright. it is. If they can find a couple of big guys in the portal, mm-hmm. I mean, ready-made guys. And not lose in the portal, because this is the fear when you're the Valley, yeah, right? Right. That's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's a lot of Iowa kids on the roster that maybe that keeps them home. Mm-hmm. But you gotta, you have to believe that, I mean, where, where are these you know, power six, power seven, whatever you're going to call it, schools, where are they going to find guys? They're going to come to leagues like this, you know, mid-majors and raid rosters. And that's the downside of this whole NIL. The Titan Anderson battling inside. And- yeah, he, when he fouled out, that was a big difference. It was. It was, it was a big difference. I don't say it was the difference in the, in the basketball game. Roman Penn was unbelievable. Sturts is so smart. Mm-hmm. Brody was good yesterday. DeVries, you could tell it was his first game back in a while. Made big free throws when he needed to, but struggled with his shot mm-hmm. for, the, for the majority of the night. I like Enright's game. Um, but this is... Uh, Ferguson's dunk. Yeah, how about that? This Where did that come from? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, they, have, I don't know how what their average age is compared to the Panthers roster, but it's got to be significantly well, different. Well, right? I can find it here actually here on Ken Pomeroy because they have D one experience. Okay, is, is how it is. Uh, you and I is just under a year. Their average. Jeez. It is 334th in the country in D1 experience. Let's flip it over to the Drake side, D1 experience, uh, 29th in the Gee, country. How about that? So it was the veterans uh-huh. against the young guns last night. And the, the veterans, veterans uh, got the, they won the fight last night. Um, playing two weeks. This is a young roster. It may go Drake's way again, but you know what? Your, your roster is going to grow up at one point. A fun, fun game. Couldn't be happier. Nice to see the place banged out. Looked mm-hmm. terrific on TV. Fans, I think, stayed till the end of it, um, which was good. Ended past 10.30. A fun, fun game last night. Emmenecker was terrific, and his, uh, his play-by-play guy was good as well. Drake has won now seven of their last eight. Had the slow start to the conference play. Had the loss way back in early November. Was it November? Against Indiana State. Yeah, that was on the 30th. They're the favorite now, right? As we look at these MVC standings, which are just... Just take a yeah, look at them. They're I, just ridiculous. When, when's the Southern Illinois, when's that game back on the schedule? Because they still have to play them again, don't they? They do. Saturday the 11th. Oh, so it's coming up too. Yeah. That's week, next Saturday. week from Saturday, yeah. they get the Salukis and they'll get them at the Nap Center. ESPNU, I'm looking at it as we speak. Good. Y- you look at the standings here. You have a four-way tie at the top at 9-4. and four, Drake, Bradley, SIU, and Belmont. And then a four-way tie for second. <laughs> Or fifth, depending on your perspective, right. at eight and five with Indiana State, Mo State, you and I, and Murray State. Mm. What a league! It's phenomenal. Arch Madness is going to be incredible. Yes, so, it is. I haven't looked at the betting odds. 
and we'll see if they have them up right now for the MVC. Oh, I have to think Drake is once again. That's back exactly to being what the I favorite, thought too. Right, right. I, I thought They're the exact well. same thing. They're not Southern Bradley. Really, Bradley is the betting favorite right now, plus two ten. Drake is the second choice, plus two sixty. SIU plus two seventy. Belmont plus three forty. And then you get into Indiana State nineteen to one. You and I still seventy five to one, along with mm. most state and Murray State at one hundred and ten to one. Schedules are going to matter. I haven't broke down the schedules and look. Well, at, Drake finishes at Bradley. That's the final regular season game. So that very well could be kind of the difference be. between yep. the first choice and the second choice there. Looking at Drake's schedule, though, what they have remaining. Ken Pomeroy has them favored in every game except for that last one mm-hmm. against Bradley. Now some of them are pretty tight. Murray State on the road by three. The UNI game on the road by three. Seven at home against Belmont. So it's not an overly difficult schedule, though. That, that UNI game will be an absolute bear. Here's what Bradley's got left. Well, UNI this weekend in Cedar Falls. Good. They go to Illinois State still. Home for Murray State and Missouri State. Uh-huh. Missouri State, man, both those pretty tough. Yeah, And then road games still with SIU and Valpo before that Drake game. I think Drake's got the easier schedule. I think they're in the driver's seat. I'm right there with you. Yep. And if there's a tie, it comes down to, if you do bet on this, the conference outrights, it is the one seed, the number one seed. Yeah. That's the way that they play. That that's out. the way they should. Look, Tucker DeVries is going to be better next time out, yep. I would assume. He, he had a little rust on him last night. Boy, it was really serious, the injury, the staph infection, apparently. Yeah. He's hospitalized five days. Five days. Well, and how about Darren just saying, hey, we got to go. Yeah, go. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> right. Right. The thing doesn't look right. No. <laughs> Get to the and, hospital. And, he, and uh, Dr. DeVries was right in his uh, diagnosis of his son. Get to the hospital. What are you waiting for? Now figure out what to do up three. Mm. Fun game, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad that uh, glad that uh, got an opportunity to watch it start to finish without interruption and um, was into it last night. Did Good your feet cut out a couple of times? There was, uh, there was a no. shot in the corner in over no? first overtime must have just been at our house that just for a moment and it was like a corner three that you and i hit and they called it a two on the screen or the score was wrong there was something that was off it must have just been uh, at our house then. not that i can remember trent well you're high as a kite sure that too yeah um i don't remember <laughs> No, I'm still, I think I've got a, t- a record. I'll have to go back and double check. Uh, anyways, fun night. It we was. Take our first time out. Uh, time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com, and since you're there, you should enter this keyword. Uh, it's check at, uh, in the pop-up box at KXNO.com. Check KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Once again, it's check at KXNO.com. David Eicholt was part of the media firing questions at uh, Kirk Ferentz and Gary Barta yesterday. He will join us. We'll take a look ahead as well as a pretty big basketball game uh, at uh, Carver-Hawkeye. Sold out Carver-Hawkeye against Illinois. One thirty, correct, on Saturday afternoon? Big Fox. Big, Fo- oh, big Fox. Big Fox has that. I think they have a double dip of Big Ten hoops. Do we get Gus again? Game notes just came out. I'll take a peek. All right, good. Fingers crossed we don't. 1125, <laughs> Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.5. Call or visit 1-800-BETS-OFF. Media. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, just past 11.30, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. If you missed it before we went to break, the keyword is check. 
Check at KXNO.com your chance to win $1,000. Let's talk to our friend David Eicholt, part of the 24-7 Sports Hawkeye Insider.com. He was at the press conferences yesterday. We'll uh, go back on that, take a look ahead uh, to the Illinois game, a game that will be played without the Orange Crush uh, in attendance. Uh, David, uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, David Eicholt? All living the dream, fellas. This is my favorite topic, so I'm, I'm enthusiastic <laughs> about being here with you. Well, glad to have you. You know, honestly, uh, David, when when I saw the um, the the Orange Crush statement that was put out um, late uh, early evening last night, I thought, you know what, I I was. I was behind this. They're trying to deflect from a god awful press conference early in the afternoon, uh, and I thought that th- this is this was their attempt uh, to try and change the narrative, if you will. But they dropped the mic when they put out their statement. Uh, like uh, many people, I was uh, I couldn't believe Iowa could be this inept and uh, and um, uh, cause yet another self inflicted wound. Uh, but man, their statement made it very clear uh, that the Orange Crush did not obtain the seats uh, the way that was originally uh thought that they did good for the good for iowa for putting out the statement i'm with you on that and look i mean i understand where people think iowa was deflecting to try to get the attention off the presser but let's be real really quick about the press i'll get back to this but the yesterday's press conference there's no way to, to calm the flames it was just about how little gas can they pour on the fire instead of droplets they threw the whole canteen into the <laughs> fire right so just explode but the Orange Crush, that thing went viral so quickly that Iowa had no choice but to respond. They were getting a lot of bad publicity. I got hinted about what had actually happened probably about 20 minutes before a statement. I put out the very generic version of it. Iowa came out with a statement. And I think Iowa made the right move. Yep. And the reality is if they would have tried to resell the ticket, I would have understood. But I thought it was a very good look from the Iowa Athletic Department to donate the tickets to the Boys and Girls Club in Cedar Rapids that, you know, a lot of kids might never get a chance to watch an Iowa basketball game. It'll be a fun matchup, I think. So I think it's a great thing for them as well. You know, the crazy part to me is, like, the Illinois fans, are they're not mad they did it. They're mad they got caught. Right. And Iowa with it. And Iowa within their, you know, the rights of, you know, when they sell a ticket, they're allowed to do what they did. Illinois is frustrated that they actually couldn't pull it off compared to the past years. So there's also a basketball game that is also involved here. Pretty big one for the mm. third straight game. Iowa going to take on the second place team in the Big Ten. Start with Rutgers, beat them. Northwestern on Tuesday, beat them. Now the Illini, and this is the final boss. This is certainly, I believe, the best team. <laughs> They've been a whole lot better since Sky got kicked off the team. Terrence Shannon feels like he's figuring it out in Underwood. He looks gruff over there, but that dude knows how to coach. He's got a really, really talented team. What do you see for the Illini, and how difficult matchup-wise do you believe this is going to be for the Hawks? This could be a tough matchup, and I will say, I don't think there's a team more in the Big Ten that Iowa wants to beat than Illinois. I mean, you look at the past couple of years, Illinois has had Iowa's number. After Iowa had their number for you know a few years, but these two teams, they're entertaining basketball games. It's come down to the wire, and I think it's always chippy. I mean, keep in mind, a couple of years ago, Brandon, the assistant yep. coach, got in the scuffle. Coleman, it was apparently huh? over deep dish versus thin crust pizza. <laughs> Is that what it was? So okay. one radio station. Yeah. That's what Fran said, one radio station of Philly. But then you look at last year. Remember the drama <laughs> with the Orange Crush and the things that were yelled to Chris yep. Murray? Yep. You know, and people forget about that. So even from Iowa... Ticket holders, cancel, t- Iowa athletics tickets, canceling the tickets 
from that perspective, I understand that as well. So let's not get that lost in the shuffle. But this is a very key game for Iowa that tells me if they're really ready to turn the corner for the season. Uh, because you remember last year when they inserted Tony Perkins in the starting lineup, it was around this time, mm-hmm. almost to the day, Iowa went on that run. And this is Iowa's opportunity to take a similar run, you know, making some adjustments, beating Illinois on their home court, going 3-0 in the homestand before going, you know, against Purdue in a very tough upcoming stretch. If Iowa beats Illinois, I think it could change the trajectory of where we could potentially see this team. If they lose, I I just think we've seen a limited ceiling. Like, I think it's that important of a game. And Illinois is really, really starting to turn a corner in my book. They have a lot of really nice pieces. Yeah, they do. Uh, The schedule's worked out well for me. The last three, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, granted. One of them was, uh, well, the one game was in Madison. But they're taking care of business, and they're leaving no doubt in the games. I mean, they're winning them convincingly. So there's, uh, I agree with you, they have turned the corner. I think Iowa might have turned a corner the other night. Um, that That was a big win, especially the way they pulled away at the end there, David. Good to see that. Philip Rabrosh is probably the most improved player in the Big Ten. I, if there was an award for that, I think you have to give it to him. I, I've been amazed by what he's accomplished this year. And if people thought Peyton Sanford was going to sulk after missing the two opportunities to beat Michigan State, the game winner, I think he silenced that really quick. He had the very rare six-point play mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the other night. But to get Peyton Sanford going, I thought was massive. To get Philip Rabrosh going was big. And for Iowa to do what they did against Two of the best defenses in the country, might I add, in Rutgers and Northwestern. I mean, I was running up the scoreboard against them, and that's with Chris Murray not being normal Chris Murray. I'm very curious about with this team. I think they're rebounding the ball better. The defense, though, looks worse on paper than it has in previous years. I need to see them be able to lock in. I think they, they are closing out the corners well. But it's a very clear to me when you watch Iowa – it's all based on the eye test. I don't think you can look at a certain analytic that tells the story. You look at the Eastern Illinois, at the TCU, and the Ohio State game. Iowa got beaten transition, and they just didn't have that extra edge to them. You look at the Indiana game. You look at the Michigan game. You look at, you know, Northwestern and Rutgers. Iowa had that extra edge to them. So to me, it's what Iowa team is going to come out. Talk with David Eicholt. All right, David, you were sitting in attendance yesterday. Let's get into the football. As Kirk Ferentz met with the media, signing day press conference, he comes out with his opening statement. They bring Tyler Barnes up there. You're talking recruiting. And then we get into it. The so main attraction. Take us inside. I was watching and listening uh, to it. Take us inside the room. I mean, could you feel it? There, there's those press conferences mm-hmm. where it feels different. What was What was the mood inside the room? I thought the mood was, at least to me, it reminded me of the scene of the Matrix when you just, just dodge bullets in slow motion over and over again because I, I don't want to pat the media on the back too much, but I thought we asked a lot of really fair, direct mm-hmm. questions about what was going on with the offense, and Kirk just deflected over and over and over again. He talked about the injuries, and I do think there's a lot of validity to that. Like Iowa personnel-wise and depth-wise did not have it. They were forced to play some guys early, etc., but when you're asked directly, this is the biggest mistake he made yesterday. When you're asked directly about what Brian Ferentz does well, breaks down a game, recruits, play calling, and you lump him in with Phil Parker and LeVar in three different questions, what, what, what are we doing here? Like, it didn't feel like, to me, it didn't feel like a press conference. It felt like a defense of Brian Ferentz. 
That's what it was yesterday. That's what the whole press conference was about. It wasn't the offseason. It was a full hour long about defending Brian Ferentz and why he's still retained at the University of Iowa. And I think fans have right to be upset. I don't blame, like I said earlier, I really can't blame Gary and Kirk for taking the stance that they did and using the verbiage that they did because I, there's nothing they can say that would no. calm the masses at this point. Nope. And even if they had terminated Brian, right, every, the whole talking point would have been, well, why did you do on National Signing Day? Why didn't you do it a month ago? So there's no way for them to win yesterday's press conference. But mm-hmm. I left uninspired. In my opinion, I think I think a lot of people feel the same way. Yeah, I think that uh, for for those of us who thought that um, you know Brian would make this easy on his dad and, and take another job or just you know walk away from coaching for a year, the the, the possibility of him taking another job. I mean, the NFL was out, right? I mean, you Google Chris Doyle and Brian Ferentz, and and that's and just one story after another. And after it went down with Chris Doyle at Jacksonville last year, the NFL wouldn't allow Brian Ferentz to be be hired by a team. They'd uh, they'd uh, put their foot down on that. So I think I think that uh, for at least myself. Um, I kind of got stuck. Well, he got a job in the NFL. Well, he's waiting for Bill O'Brien. Well, you know, there's going to be a soft landing spot. Wasn't going to be there for him, David. That was a non-starter. In my opinion, I still don't believe that. I, I know people are getting. I don't want to rile people up, but I, in my opinion, I still don't think the door's closed about Brian going to the NFL. I really don't. I think the lawsuit is a big part of the reason why he mm-hmm. hasn't already. Yep. And I and I understand that, but there's a reason why Kirk said yesterday he anticipates everybody coming back. To me, that was a cushion to where if Brian doesn't leave for an NFL job, he has a safe landing spot, right? But it doesn't close the door on it. In my opinion, I still believe there is a reasonable chance that Brian Sanders is not calling players for the University of Iowa next year. Look at the timing and past coaching changes. He, Kirk has said this in the past, and then Derek Foster got hired by the Chargers. Ken O'Keefe retired. This is still along Iowa's timeline, as frustrating as it is to everybody else. Now, in my opinion... Anyone who says Brian's 100% coming back, that's not true. And I know that for 100% fact. Anyone that says he's 100% gone, that's not true. The reality is it's going to be a waiting game for the next couple of weeks. There's been no final decision made by all parties where Brian will, where Brian Ferentz will be next football season. Man, I, I, I'll be surprised. Uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw cold water on your theory. Just the NFL and you know, they guard that shield and they don't want any yep. bad publicity. And they got a lot of what they hired Chris Doyle and every story about Chris Doyle when it comes to this situation, Brian Ferentz's name's attached to it. I think until the lawsuits are, well, we'll see. You could be proven right. We, I've certainly been wrong in this story a lot so far. How frustrating was it for you, David, as you guys were asking very pointed questions? I mean, very direct, and the deflection, and time after time, not answering the questions that are there. You know, Kirk is about respect. I've found that incredibly disrespectful to not answer the questions, to continue to deflect. And a question was asked about Brian. Oh, I'm going to lump him and fill together. It just how frustrating was that as a beat reporter and looking for answers? Here's my thing. I would I didn't take it as disrespectful. My perception was it was arrogant. Mm. That's the way I took it because if I'm Phil, I'm pre I'm pretty upset about that yeah. because Phil Parker, in my opinion, should be a Royals Award winner. It's a joke that he hasn't won it already for the nation's top coordinator. But 
the thing that was so maddening to me is I'll bring up the question I asked him. And if you remember before the bowl game, right, I think Chad Weissko, the Des Moines Register, asked Brian, how would you self-evaluate yourself? And Brian responded with, I did the best I could with the pieces I had. So I asked Kirk, this was Brian's evaluation prior to the bowl game. Now that you've had time to look at everything, is this how you'd evaluate it? He gave about a sentence and a half basically agreeing with Brian, and he ended it by talking about Deontay Craig and Jay Higgins playing dodgeball. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk, the only person that was playing dodgeball was Kirk Ferentz at the press conference yesterday. Like, it, and it, I, I'm with you, Trent. Like, it is maddening. But, again, I had a bingo card written up on my laptop before I went to that press conference. The, the, the bingo card is blacked out by the time I finished up the press conference. I think we all knew what was going to be said yesterday. Nothing surprised us. <sighs> you wait, you had dodgeball on the, on the bingo card? <laughs> well, 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 I wouldn't say that, but I had a deflection to a, a sport that wasn't football. All right, I'll that give it to you. That was the exact wording of it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, here we are. There's hope, maybe a glimmer of hope that there's going to be something different. Let's say everything is the same. Coaching staff is the same. They can run it back. They're going to be improved offensively because the players are going to be better. I do believe in that. But schematically, yes, they're not going to run the air raid. They're not going to run the wishbone. They're not going to do those things. But schematically, what do you anticipate? What what are they going to look to do to improve this outside of just having better players? Well, one, I think the stabilization of the offensive line is going to be huge. I mean, getting Rusty Fett and getting John Parker to really stabilize the offensive line is a big deal. I don't know how much it raises the ceiling, but it certainly raises the floor. And I think that's a very critical point for this Iowa team. Kane McNamara knows how to maneuver the pocket. He's not a scrambler, but he can maneuver a pocket. He can make throws while taking a hit, which I think is a big thing. I think Seth Anderson can help spread the field. I think if Brody Brecht remains healthy, I think he can play a big factor. And then obviously you have Eric Hall and Luke Lachey, who I think need to be the two focal points of the passing game. But I really think we're going to see a resurgence of the Iowa run game. I mean, in my opinion, the expectation should be get back to the play action, use the run set in the pass, take a few deep shots down the field. Caden McNamara has proven over his career that he doesn't have the biggest arm, but he has a very accurate arm when throwing the ball down the field. So getting back to the Iowa, I want to say Iowa old, per se, but in terms of certain strategies, using the over the pack, don't throw a two-yard out route on third and five would probably be a very good start. Yeah. Um, but I also believe getting Caleb Johnson 20-25 carries a game minimum is huge. I think Caleb Johnson should be expected to be a 1,200-yard rusher next year. I really think he has that sort of capability. He certainly showed it uh, this uh, year. Teased us a little bit as to what's uh, potentially to come. David Eichel, great stuff. Thanks for doing this for us today. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, David. Thank you. Hey, hey thanks, guys. Always appreciate it. Yeah, Take good care. to talk to you. David Eichel, Hawkeye Insider, part of 24-7 Sports. Good stuff out of David. So he thinks that perhaps there's a chance. I, I mean, I, I heard the quote. Um I'd be surprised. I think the NFL is just going to put their foot down. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want any. They don't need this. They don't need it. We'll see. Uh, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Finish up the hour. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point. That great.
No big game celebration is complete without a game of squares. Circus Sports Iowa now offers Circus Squares bets. Everyone who has played squares knows the pain of pulling terrible numbers. With Circus Squares, instead of randomly pulling numbers, choose your square and choose which numbers you get. With a minimum bet of $1 and a maximum payout of $100,000, it's easier than ever. Download the Circus Sports app today to place your Circus Squares bets. For more information, visit CircusSports.com. Must be 21 older and present in Iowa to wager. If you or someone you know needs gambling treatment, learn more. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, love to be a fly on the wall at the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Grand Hyatt Hotel. Presidents and ADs of the Big 12 are meeting today on the agenda. Gonzaga possibly joining the conference in a basketball-only uh, situation. Um, Pac-12 expansion. We'll see. Um, I, I think the maybe some news come out of this i mean why wouldn't why wouldn't gonzaga join if they're offered right what would be the nah we're going to wait for a better offer well there's not a better well pac 12 pac 12 yeah because of travel right and rivalries. geography yeah right but short of that it's the best basketball league it is and it would just get better with gonzaga joining it well and it's not just that but it's also you couple it with what that league's still going to be and it's not that Yes, the league's great this year. It is far and away number one. Mm-hmm. This is not a one-year blip. No, or, look, look at the yeah, champions. Some years it's the Big Ten, some years... No. Statistically, over the last decade, nine of the ten years, the Big 12 has been the best league in basketball. Mm-hmm. This is not something that you can stomp your feet about. I'm sorry, Big Ten fan. ACC basketball is... No, it's not the way that the Big 12 has dominated as it pertains to those numbers year after year as a conference. So... Gonzaga coming in would be cool. But is there a little bit of a tale of looking at Wichita making the lead? To, to bring them over as well? No, 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 no. Of them going to the American. Oh, I see what you What's mean. What's Wichita basketball now? Yeah, nothing. Creighton has been good mm-hmm. in the Big East. That mm-hmm. has worked. Mm-hmm. But there is the other side. Loyola, now this is just your number one. Right. They're a disaster. The WCC, right fit. Or an organization. How big of a deal with the Loyola blow is losing Moser? Oh, it's a blow, no right. doubt. But when Mark Few retires, that's going to be a blow too, right? Yep, huge, yep. So he's not going to be there forever, mm-hmm. though he has his own kingdom, much yeah. like there's one in Iowa City. Yeah. The I, You have to look at that component of it too. Now, they're taking a small step back this year. They take that small step back in a Big 12, they're down with Texas Tech. That Gonzaga team that we've seen this year, that isn't quite at that level. But they get dudes, though. They get they so do. many players. They don't have them this year. No. Denny's back. Yeah. And they're not very good. They're not. I agree. I mean, they're a tournament team. but Sure. But, yeah, they're not. A, I don't think they're a threat. No. But this year's also wide open. I was so. going to say, there, Maybe there the really path is all no of a sudden, threat. Who, yeah. who is the best team in college basketball? I thought it was Alabama. Yeah, and then they got beat. They got crushed. They got clobbered by Oklahoma, an average, above average Oklahoma team. Yeah, and we got clobbered last night by uh, Oki State. Uh, by, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just around and around mm-hmm. we go. You watched much Purdue last night? I did watch uh, the beginning of it. Yes, until but, it got out of hand. Gillis is hit nine threes. Trent, the average is six points a game. I looked; he had scored in double figures twice. <laughs> got twenty nine last night. 
Uh, is is Purdue the best team? I guess you have to say so, right? I guess. I uh, was taking a look at the Wooden Ward betting odds. Mm-hmm. He's far and away. He's at minus a thousand. <laughs> so <laughs> give him the trophy now. Is that what you're saying? That's yeah. Th- look, they, they got they've got some pieces over there, right? Morton and uh, but the lawyer, lawyer. Yeah, I really. Uh, I do too. And of course, Zach Eady. But this Gillis story from like I averaged just six points. He had twenty nine. And well, at least it didn't happen against Iowa because it usually feels like those are the one guys of those there. nights, right? Charles Bucks. A career. <laughs> You'll never forget him, right? The 6'10 dork from Minnesota that hadn't hit a shot all year, and he has seven threes against the Hawkeyes. Build it up. Charles Bugs. Oh, that guy. You know, we've had all this pomp and circumstance last night. We talked about the Iowa-Illinois, the Orange Crush situation. I'm just so excited to see this game. Is there the same animosity now, though? That whole crew Mm. that was into it, Connor in the face, you know, the story. Fran took his team off the floor going through a handshake line a couple yes. of years ago with this team. I mean, they were nose Getting to into nose. it with the assistants. The regular season finale. Yeah. It still lingers. I mean, Connor's going to keep it alive at the very least, right? Uh, the, there, there's that. Uh, yeah, you're right. He, uh, he's still part of it. Look, Trent, we. The, the, how many years was it? Three years ago now, the home and home and the season ended yes. with Illinois. This, this was so good. It was appointment TV, as it is this weekend, too. I think it is. And and to your point, Illinois looks as though they may uh, have, I don't want to say definitively put their stamp on the second best team in the conference, but it's trending in that direction, certainly in the conversation at the very least. I don't think I was far out of the conversation. Well, not only have they won seven of their last eight. It's not like they beat Murderer's Row, though. Wisconsin, Nebraska on the road. Michigan State, Minnesota on the road. Ohio State. At Wisconsin, Nebraska. You're right. But they've not just won. They've won all those games by at least nine points. They're killing teams lately. They had the dip against Indiana. Didn't play well that day, Mm -hmm. but it's... it's, That was at home, too, was it not? Sky Clark was a pain in the ass. Apparently. (laughs) It's just... And Underwood hated this team. How many times has he called them out this year? Well, Trent, you you said it the other day. Uh, what, uh, was it the Nebraska game? They're only up one at halftime. Mm -hmm. He went in. He was in the locker room for like 10 seconds and went right back to the bench. So we get that game on Saturday. It's going to be great. And then we get Iowa State-Kansas. No, it's early. Do, right. Do, right. Does it feel out of place, though? It just feels like it always should be during the week, doesn't it? Monday. Yes. At minimum, you know, sometime. Right. A Saturday, it just... Or yeah, maybe Wednesday fits, too. Yes. Yeah, I'm I, with it you. feels weird. I don't know. It's stupid, right? It should feel that way. It's, but it's a big Monday game. When it's at Hilton, it's supposed to be mm-hmm. during the week, damn eight, it. Eight o'clock tip. There's too much o'clock. other things going on basketball-wise. Where, well, it works out for us well because it's yeah. eleven and then one thirty. Yes, I mean if Iowa, Iowa State Kansas goes over the two hour mark, mm-hmm. which normally it does. Yes, it does. Uh, you won't be buttoning into the uh, Hawkeye game. You would think it's perfect for us. Do you see it a bounce back? What, where are you at with Kansas? I, you were starting to oh. unload a little bit in that three game losing streak. Oh, I didn't, um, but but I certainly it certainly crossed my mind. Um, I watched a little bit of the ESPN Plus uh, game. Uh, against K-State, and they dominated in that game. And Dick wasn't particularly good in that game, and you know that he can fill it Mm -hmm. up. This is a big game for both schools. I think Kansas is trying to establish themselves as the um, team to beat in the Big 12, and I think Iowa State's pissed off. They've lost two straight. And by the sounds of things, Jazz Koontz is going to be on the floor on Saturday, which is huge for them. You look back at the game down in Lawrence. They should have beat them. Should have beat them the last two years in Lawrence. Didn't get a good shot late. Again, 
one of those many instances we can talk about that. But they weren't. They had a chance to win the game with the last shot of the game. Kalsher was good. Mm-hmm. You gonna get that again? He's been pretty good this year. He has been. He's been solid. He's been better than most years. Yep. Shooting thirty four point seven percent from downtown. That's a high watermark. Mm-hmm. Since his freshman campaign, that was out of the norm for him. Right. Uh, we know what he does defensively. Let's say he does his thing. He's solid. Okay. We don't get one of the 0 for 6s. Right. Grill making shots? Well, that's the tough thing. Can they both make some shots on the, in the same game? After shooting it as well as he did, certainly in the first half. Oshuni gets 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. And then what do you get off the bench? Lipsy doesn't turn it over like he has been. Is it Jazz coming back? Is this the game to bring him back? Yeah. They need the help. I think they need the help. Yeah. The two-game losing streak, yep. bring him back. Uh, Kevin Lehman will join us. More on Drake, you and I, when we rejoin. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State, the bottom of the hour. Trent's plays of the day, an hour to go. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.